Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, we are back in Jude, um, only one chapter, so we say cha- uh, chapter 1, uh, we'll, we'll look at uh, verses 16 through 19 today. We touched on verse 16 yesterday, uh, we've been expanding on this topic about uh, what we've been referring to as Generation Zero, this worldly generation, a generation of prideful people um, that basically places their faith not in what they don't see, but only in what they see. A very superficial generation, um, prideful, atheistic, uh, worthless in their worship, hardened hearts, not reconciled to God, not reconciled to themselves. So really placing their faith in, in man rather than placing their faith in anything that God says. And so, this whole letter that Jude is warning us about, these people, these kind of people, these worldly people, and uh, it's, you know, he warns about letting the worldly people creep into the church and causing division in the church. So, he's, this whole letter is about contending for the faith, struggling for the faith, striving for the faith, working to keep the faith um, pure. So now he's zeroing down on these people, and sometimes you say, well, who are these people? Well, you can see uh, perhaps the, the, their faith in action by the fruit that their faith produces. And these are, what, are their, what, is their, um, what works does their faith produce? Well, let's look. Verse 16, these are grumblers malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loud-mouthed boasters showing favoritism to gain advantage. These are superficial people, you know, and um, God loves a joyful giver. God is the God of joy, you know, and if your mood is dependent on what's going on, that's not the, that's not uh the mark of a godly spiritual person. The godly spiritual person's mood is based on the presence of God in their life, not the absence of trouble in their life. And, and when we see 
people acting worldly, responding to the world in a worldly manner, you know, you know that person is not pleasing God for sure, because God wants the the uh, spiritual person to respond to the worldly uh, things in a spiritual manner. Verse 17, but you must remember, beloved, and, and McGee makes the point, remember what? Remember the word of God. If how, You know, that's what you remember, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. These predictions are written down in the word of God. Remember the Word of God. How do you remember the Word of God? Read the Word of God. Study the Word of God. That's what we're trying to do with, the, with our Bible study. But Jude is telling us, God is telling us through Jude, remember all of this. It is all written down for you to remember it. So you remember these predictions so you know how to act. You're strong when you act. Verse 18 they said to you, okay, these are the predictions, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. You know, they're cynical. They're scoffing the word of God, and they're prideful. They're following themselves, their own passions. They may be calling it faith, but... They're following their own passion. And their own passion could be, you know, what their hobbies are, their own interests. Oh, I'm passionate about my music. I'm passionate about my politics. I'm passionate about my boat. I'm passionate about travel. You know, I'm passionate about money. I'm passionate about being popular. There's so many things that drive one's passion. And when it's driving your passion like that, it's ungodly. Because your heart's not centered on Christ. Verse 19, it is these, again, he's referring to these kind of people again, these who cause divisions, divisions in the church, divisions in families, in relationships, worldly people. They're not spiritual people. Devoid of the Spirit. Okay? So these are uh, the warning signs that Jude is laying out. He's been, this whole letter has been a warning about how important it is to live as a spiritual person, not a worldly person. Worldly people cannot please God. So we'll stop here, and we'll. I think we're scheduled to finish up this letter in Jude uh, next time. So I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Can't wait, Matali, to hear what you've got to say today. And for me to you, as always, keep your hearts centered on Christ. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from Jude chapter 1, beginning at verse 16, all the way to verse 19. In yesterday's study, we ended at uh, Jude 1, verse 16, and this is where we are beginning from today. So we saw in yesterday's study that the apostates are labeled by five different designations. 
And verse 16 reads, These are grumblers or murmurers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. So there are five different designations, five different attributes or characters that are listed that you can actually identify these apostates by. So they are murmurers or grumblers, that is, they are discontented. You know, they're just not satisfied. They're always complaining. And they are complainers. So they, you know, they don't like, um, you know, they actually find fault in everything. Um, these complainers, they want to blame, um, if they're believers, they want to blame everything that happens in their lives um, on God. And um, the third thing is they walk after their own lust. That is, you know, their desires can either be very base and that's immoral or they can be those that, you know, today pass as very civilized people and very broad-minded people who are interested in, you know, things like good music, the theater, the arts, you know, fine things in life, um, you know, or things like, you know, certain things that actually drive them, that they actually um, substitute God for, uh, you know, like maybe owning a yacht or a private jet. So these are the things um, that actually they focus on. So these are things um, that are like their religion. So they live to satisfy their overweening desire and craving uh, for more and they actually leave God out of their life lives and these are people who you actually find you know they keep wanting more and more mostly it's like the affluent in society who are well learned you know they've been to different kinds of private schools they've done so much research and they just feel you know they're more broader minded than anyone else out there okay so the fourth um, characteristic is they speak great swelling words. So that is, you know, an addiction to praise and extravagant language. So they, they have very big, ambiguous words, but you know, it doesn't mean a thing, you know, all these words, they just talk and talk swelling words and all, but you know, at the end of the day, there's no content in what they are saying. So, um, you know, they speak so many things. <clears throat> you have certain places, you know, you go to church and you sit um, in the pews and you're hearing this preacher preach, you know, he's, you know, he's putting in so many, hallelujah, praise God, can I get a somebody, am I speaking to somebody, you know, the whole entire sermon and you walk out of that sermon thinking, what exactly was he teaching on? So these are, um, you know, they speaks. So many things with no content, but you know they actually have no content. Um, a classic example is this uh, of the, of this type of people are the politicians. They like to use big words, or they they just get wordy. You know, they ask a question by a journalist, and they just are all wordy. They they use big words and they talk a lot, um, and they are all wordy, but they actually say nothing. They say nothing with no content, and then um, the fifth characteristic is. Flattering people to gain advantage. So this means um, they actually don't look to God, but to man for promotion, for advantage in life, for praise, 
you know for mentions and this is actually um um talked about uh in the book of james james actually said something about these people and that's in james 2 verse 1 let me turn to the book of james okay and it reads my brethren do not hold the faith of our lord jesus christ the lord um, of glory with partiality verse 2 goes on to read for there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings in fine apparel and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes verse 3 and you pay attention to one wearing the fine clothes and say to him you sit here in a good place and say to the poor man you stand there or sit here at my footstool so um, James has actually mentioned this. He said something about this. You know, these people who actually, um, you know, they like to, to just say nice things about other people in order to gain advantage. So apostates, you know, they don't look to God um, for advantage or for approval. Um, you know, they are more concerned to hear um, the... They're actually more concerned to hear what... what um, other people have to say they are not concerned to hear you know the lord jesus christ say well done good and faithful servant no they are more interested in the applause of the crowd here on earth okay so now we get to verse 17 in this book of the little epistle of jude and um this section dr david mcgee has labeled the occupation of believers in days of apostasy in as and you know in our next study um we shall see what real believers can do in days of apostasy so here believers are warned by apostles that these apostates would come so in other words this should not actually disturb us you know this is not something that's new and you know um the word of god is saying you know let it not disturb us let us continue you know the cause of Christ. Let us continue to um, give out the gospel. Let us continue to grow in faith. So this is not something that should disturb us, and this is something that God has permitted for a purpose. So, verse seventeen reads, "But you, beloved." So here Jude uses the word "beloved." So Jude uses this term, "beloved," you, beloved, and he's turning away from actually describing the apostates so he's been describing and talking about the apostates now so he's turning away from describing the apostates and jude is now talking to the beloved those beloved of god the ones experiencing god's love in their lives so he says remember so here he says dear beloved remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our lord jesus christ so here he's saying remember and this is something that we will carry on to the next life because, um, you know, memories are actually carried on. So the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, he had said uh, in scripture to the rich man who died and went to the place of torment. He said to him, remember, in your lifetime, you had these things. So now, you know, we had seen, um, you know, a, a description of Hades, a description of hell and, you know, Darkness is actually going to be the state of the lost. You know, not only are they um, 
you know, physically lost. That's if it's like the accurate term. They're also spiritually lost and spiritually in the dark. So darkness, um, you know, this is going to be a state of the lost. When they look back, they will remember what they did in this life. And all of us will do that. So our memories will be carried forth. We will remember what we did in the past. So our sins are blotted out, you know, as believers. And that's a good thing because if they were not, we would be tortured in our minds because memory is actually carried over. So, you know, we would carry this guilt because we have a conscious and we do carry about, you know, a guilty conscious. Um, so we would actually be tortured and tormented by all these things, by our sin. So, um, you know, you and I are to remember the word of God. So here he is saying, but you beloved, remember the word, the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we ought to remember the word of God as the, you know, as throughout scripture, we are actually um, told to remember the word of God and we should know it so that, you know, our memory could, um, can actually call, uh, call it up <clears throat> when actually faced with situations where these great truths are brought out. So this is why we're supposed to meditate upon the word of God so that we can actually defend it. So believers should know God's word. So um, Jude, you know, he actually recognized here um, that, you know, he wasn't, he was not an apostle and he actually takes a very humble position, even though he was um, the half brother, the half blood brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jude uses the apostle to actually corroborate what he is going to say. So he actually had said that uh, what he was writing about, um, you know, he was writing about the apostasy. It was not new. Others had actually written about it beforehand. So, um, you know, as a believer, one cannot stand, um, you know, you cannot stand for Jesus Christ and not actually stumble unless, you know, you actually have the full knowledge of the word of God today. So, you know, this is why we ought to meditate upon it in order to remember, in order to, you know, so that we can actually call on it when actually faced with, um, with, uh, truths that are brought out. So we ought as believers to actually meditate upon it so that we can actually defend it. And, um, <clears throat> you know, you cannot, um, you know, just scrape off, um, the bits and just, you know, pick out scripture. Oh, I like this verse and I like that verse. And, you know, and, and you're very religious and just pompous and pious about it. And, you know, when it comes to defending the word of God, you will stumble. Um, if you do not know, um, and you do not meditate upon it, you do not have full knowledge upon it, uh, full knowledge of, of it. You cannot recall because you cannot remember. And Jude here is urging us to remember. So scripture goes on to read verse 18. And I'll read through to verse 19. And it reads, <clears throat> How they told you that there would be mockers in the last 
time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. Verse 19, these are sensual persons who cause division, not having the spirit. So here, um, Jude is saying, remember what the apostles said to you, that they were going to become mockers in the last time who would actually walk according to their own ungodly lusts. They are sensual persons who cause division, not having the spirit. So, you know, their desires, these apostates, are totally apart from God and God and God's will. So Jude defines them here as being sensual. So he had actually defined, given five other characteristics in, that's in verse 16. And then he goes on to define them here as being sensual. So they, they separate themselves and they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. So these apostates, they actually cause division in the church. So they separate themselves and they draw um, a line through the church and set off one part from another. And this is why we ought to recognize them and be very careful with them because they only come to destroy and to divide. So, you know, today they're called what? Um, liberals. So liberalism split the church up. You know, they were, the, you know, they were actually first called modernists and they figured, you know, liberal liberalist is a better term so they think that they are broad-minded but they're the most narrow-minded people ever so they think you know what uh, these are new truths and all we're broad-minded you know think like this think outside the box but <clears throat> that's not it they end up dividing the church and they are um, they separate themselves from god so here jude says they are sensual so a life that um, it basically means a life that actually centers about an individual, the I, an egotistical way of living. So it's all about them, them, them. It's all about me, 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 I, I, I. So the individual cause uh, causes first. Uh, sorry, the individual comes first. That's you know they always come first, um, and um, they become all important. And it's actually that selfish um natural man and it means one's not renewed or born again because it's all about them they're self-centered so the natural sensual man is like an animal they are selfish um and you know they want to get all that they can get they want to eat all that they can eat and they live entirely for themselves that's the natural man so when we come to christ and actually trust in him and we're born again as, you know, we trust him as our savior. We are given a new nature that can actually respond to the Holy Spirit of God and not the flesh. Because we have the soul and then we have the spirit pulling upwards and the flesh pulling downwards. So as a sinner and unbeliever, you were mostly pulled towards the flesh. And if you pull towards the flesh and you're living for the flesh, the Holy Spirit cannot indwell in us. But when we look to our Savior and go to Him in faith, you know, we can live in this uh, natural body of ours, but we are guided by the Holy Spirit. So we are renewed when we're born again. We are renewed in, this, uh, in the spiritual part of our lives, but we still have that old nature and can live in it. So Paul had a lot to say about this, and he said this, um, that's in the book of Romans, that's Romans 8, 
um, starting at verse 5 to verse 8. Let me just turn there and read it. So Romans 8, verse 5 to 8 reads, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, For be for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So Paul did write about this. He talks about um, you know, those who live for the flesh those who are sensual, the sensual man. And, you know, this is the natural man, the apostate. So one cannot please God in the flesh. And only when we actually yield to God and come to the place where he can actually use us, um, that's when uh, we can have, um, you know, we can actually uh, live according to, to God and not according to the flesh. Okay, so this is um, our study for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.